Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 1 podcast. In this episode, we go over the topic of placental components from the embryology section on MedBullets.com. Let's start this topic with a brief overview. The placenta is a barrier that prevents blood exchange between the mother and the fetus but allows exchange of oxygen, carbon dioxide, and nutrients. It is composed of two components, the fetal components and the maternal components. Let's discuss the fetal component in more detail. This includes the tertiary chorionic villi. These are villi that grow from the chorion to increase the surface area for exchange. These are villi that have grown in size, branched, and vascularized. The inner layer of this is derived from cytotrophoblast, and the outer layer is derived from syncytiotrophoblast. The outer layer derived from the syncytiotrophoblast secretes HCG to maintain the production of progesterone from the corpus luteum during the first trimester. HCG is a heterodimer that has the same alpha subunit as FSH, LH, and TSH, but beta subunit is what differentiates the hormones. Let's now discuss the maternal component in more detail. This includes the decidua basalis. The decidua basalis is derived from the endometrium of the uterus. It sheds from the mother after birth. The mother's blood fills the lacunae and gas and nutrient exchange occurs across the fetal portion of the placenta. And lastly, let's discuss placental complications in more detail. Normally, the placenta attaches in the superior-posterior part of the uterus. In a condition called placenta previa, it attaches in the inferior part of the uterus covering the internal os, leading to bleeding as the uterus dilates during pregnancy. In a condition called placenta accreta, the placenta attaches deep in the uterus and invades into the myometrium, but not entirely. In a condition called placenta increta, it invades the entire thickness of the myometrium. In a condition called placenta percreta, the placenta penetrates the entire thickness of the myometrium and into the serosa of the uterus, leading to possible attachment to the bladder or to the rectum. In a condition called placenta abruptio, the placenta prematurely detaches from the uterus, and this condition is associated with maternal hypertension. And finally, in a condition called preeclampsia, there is sudden development of the following after week 20 of gestation. Maternal hypertension greater than 160 over 110 millimeters of mercury, proteinuria, and it can progress to eclampsia, which is a combination of the aforementioned two conditions plus seizures. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. First question, a researcher is studying physiologic and hormonal changes that occur during pregnancy. Specifically, they examine the behavior of progesterone over the course of the menstrual cycle and find that it normally decreases over time. However, during pregnancy, this decrease does not occur in the usual time frame. The researcher identifies a circulating factor that appears to be responsible for this difference in progesterone behavior. In order to further examine this factor, the researcher denatures the circulating factor and examines the sizes of its components on a western blot as compared to several other hormones. 
one of the bands the researcher identifies in this circulating factor is identical to that of another known hormone with which of the following sites of action? 1. Adipocytes 2. Adrenal gland 3. Bones 4. Kidney tubules or 5. Thyroid gland And the correct answer choice is answer choice 5, thyroid gland. The circulating factor responsible for prolongation of progesterone production that was identified by this researcher is most likely human chorionic gonadotropin or HCG. HCG shares an alpha chain with thyroid stimulating hormone that acts on the thyroid gland. Remember, implantation of the placenta during pregnancy leads to production of HCG by syncytiotrophoblasts, which subsequently binds to the corpus luteum to prevent degeneration and continued production of progesterone. HCG is an alpha-beta dimeric hormone that shares an alpha chain with other hormones such as luteinizing hormone or LH, follicle-stimulating hormone or FSH, and thyroid-stimulating hormone or TSH. When denatured, the chains of these hormones will separate showing an identical band for the alpha chain on a western blot. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 1, adipocytes are the sites of action for insulin, which is a peptide hormone that is produced by the pancreas. It has two chains but does not share a common chain with HCG. Answer choice 2. The adrenal gland is the site of action for adrenal corticotropic hormone, which is released from the pituitary gland similar to TSH, but does not share a common chain with HCG. Answer choice 3. Bones are the site of action for growth hormone, which is released from the pituitary gland similar to TSH, but does not share a common chain with HCG. And finally, answer choice 4, the kidney tubules are the site of action of vasopressin, or antidiuretic hormone, which has structural similarities with oxytocin, but does not share a common chain with HCG. In summary, human chorionic gonadotropin prolongs the release of progesterone by the corpus luteum and shares a common chain with several other hormones including thyroid-stimulating hormone. Next question. Hormone balance is essential for maintaining a normal pregnancy. Early on, elevated progesterone levels are needed to maintain pregnancy and progesterone is produced in excess by the corpus luteum. In the normal menstrual cycle, the corpus luteum involutes, but this process is impeded during pregnancy because of the presence of which hormone? 1. Cortisol 2. Human chorionic gonadotropin 3. Estrogen 4. Progesterone or 5. Inhibin A And the correct answer choice is answer choice 2, human chorionic gonadotropin. In normal human pregnancy, human chorionic gonadotropin or HCG is produced early in pregnancy to maintain the corpus luteum. Remember, HCG levels rise rapidly during early pregnancy, and HCG is the hormone detected during a routine pregnancy test. It is originally produced after fertilization by the cells that eventually become the placenta. HCG plays a pivotal role in maintaining the corpus luteum in early pregnancy. 
This enhances progesterone secretion, which in turn alters the physiology of the uterus, enhancing vascular ingrowth so that the growth of the fetus can be sustained. Let's now review two citations related to this topic. In the first citation, Tenor discusses the management of ectopic pregnancy in the family practice setting. The use of an HCG level is essential for the diagnosis of ectopic pregnancy as well as for post-treatment monitoring. In the second citation, Banerjee and Fazil Abbas review the extragonadal actions of HCG. These can include changes in gene expression of the uterus and downregulation of immune environment during pregnancy. Recurrent pregnancy loss can be attributed to altered responses to HCG levels. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 1, cortisol is produced by the adrenal gland and is elevated during pregnancy but does not maintain the corpus luteum. Answer choice 3, estrogen is produced by the granulosa and thecal cells and by peripheral conversion of testosterone. Answer choice 4, progesterone is produced by the corpus luteum but is not the hormone that maintains the physiologic structure. And finally, answer choice 5, inhibin downregulates FSH secretion during pregnancy. And that's all for this review about placental components. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on MedBullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from these MedBullets Step 1 podcasts so far, please consider leaving us a 5-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you are not already, be sure to follow MedBullets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 1 podcast.